You're listening to the You Mind Your Talk Show, now available on the Emoja app. We're your hosts, Fatima El Sayed and Imran Durimsi. On this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Remember, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the live comments and we'll get to them during the show. And before we start, we wanted to mention a bit about the Inspire platform. It is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. Um, so as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from other professionals in our community. Um, and as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals and students. And that is available via the Umoja app uh, with an Umoja account on Android and iOS. So today we're featuring an arts panel. Um, our first speaker is Zainab Shdid, an artist and painter who majored in fine arts in Lebanon. Zainab expresses herself using the bright colors from her palette of love. Our second speaker today will be Sahara Mehdi. Sahara is a second year journalism student at Ryerson University, and you can follow her writing and videos at, at @missbrainywrites on Instagram. So we're going to bring in Zainab for the first uh, one third of the interview and then mm -hmm. Sahara, and then we'll bring them back together in a panel. So first we're going to bring on Zainab. Assalamu alaikum. Let's unmute quickly. Assalamu alaikum. Um, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Fine. Um, so let's right, get right into it since we only have a limited time for both of you guys. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your educational background? Okay, so um, uh, at first I was in the United States. Uh, I used to study architecture. Um, but, but, but I had an emergency, so I went back to Lebanon to uh, continue my educational journey. But unfortunately, I missed the entrance exam for the architect. Mm -hmm. So they suggested that I have to, uh, to apply for fine arts uh, in order to, uh, to, to reapply for architecture, architecture. So there were some courses in common that uh, could count uh, for both uh, majors. So I, uh, I uh, entered the fine arts. It, it wasn't my, uh, my intention to, to apply for fine arts, but uh, as long as, uh, as I entered and I applied for fine arts, I, I just, uh, I loved what, what, I, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. the, at first I had some fear of people, of what people are gonna say. Um, you know, people just keep criticizing and judging you. Uh, they, they, they're only, they measure success as a job title. They, they think of mm. job titles only. So I had that fear, but uh, when I entered the, this major, um, uh, I just- uh, Fell in I, love with it. Yeah, yeah, I fell in love with it. So yeah. Zainab, um, can you talk briefly about the education system in Lebanon and how, because you were mentioning in the pre-interview that in Lebanon they force you into boxes. So can you maybe yeah, Yeah, so in Lebanon in general, schools um, schools don't value art. So they as much as they value other subjects such, such as physics, chemistry, etc., math, uh, bio. So mm -hmm. um, uh, they don't focus on arts as a major, so and they don't educate educate you with arts. So I didn't even existed as a major, but uh, and that's because of our community, background community, and our society. Because people uh, 
uh, don't consider consider art as a major you know they uh, they limit you and uh, you limit your abilities and that's why uh, schools even don't uh, take that as uh, as a career so right. they just limit your abilities and uh, and uh, they they categorize you and they classify you as either in your 12th grade as either uh, either either uh, LS or GS or I don't know if you know the the system in Lebanon they classify you for scientific studies only they it's not applied for arts. Oh, okay. Yes. Hmm. So that's how the system goes. So you're not. So there's no space for like liberal liberal arts fields or anything like that. Right. Um, so you mentioned that you know it's not really seen as a career. What advice do you have for people who do who are looking to make this into a career? How can you make you know, how can you take your painting or your art and make it into a career? Okay, so that's a very broad question, I think. <laughs> art is a broad word, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm. there's, there's there's not only painting, you have animation, you have mm. um, you have uh, painting, you have sculpture, you have uh, many different uh, uh, what do you say points that you can options that you can uh, apply for for example you can enter um installation performance art it depends on what what you're interested into so uh so for me painting uh, was my interest mm -hmm. and um, i do feel that your creativity your ability to to do something to to explain your feelings to express what's what's happening around you all of this uh, can can be your your point of success your mm -hmm. your starting mm -hmm. success so how much you're creative being creative how much you believe in yourself um can 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 make you be successful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that your um i guess form of art is painting so can you tell us a bit more about your form of art and your process of creating art mm -hmm. Okay, so um, when it comes to painting, actually, um, uh, it comes to colors uh, mm -hmm. and uh, um, how can I say that? Uh, um, <laughs> if there's a word, if you want me, to, I can translate it. Um, no, no, I, I'm just... Uh, um, there isn't some, something specific about painting, so... Mm -hmm. So how 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 is like your process when you decide how do you get ideas and then mm -hmm. how do you decide to actually make it and then once you make it how do you like revise your painting for example I don't know much about painting because you can't so. really edit a painting right yeah. so do you have an idea set right from the beginning and then you know what you're you're gonna do or does it just flow naturally No, it's, it flows naturally actually mm -hmm. when once you get an idea. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you just start painting, and uh, the the progress changes as as long as you get into the painting. So uh, there isn't something something specific. The 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 progress of the painting is always changing by the time you're working on it. You know. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, and the ideas might yeah uh, uh, might might change once you're you're working on the, on mm. it. Where do you get your inspiration from? um actually um i got my inspiration from my feelings silence maybe sometimes nature mm -hmm. um from from colors uh, i get maybe sometimes from the silliest things you, you can ever imagine from 
from maybe a hole in a wall, I get my inspiration. So yeah, oh, <laughs> it differs on how much my feelings are changing. So you must be aware of my feelings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what do you feel like your feelings are usually translated into? Is it more like happy or, you know, a more scary side? <laughs> oh, it depends on the state okay. of my emotions. So some uh, one time a friend, told, I was angry of my friend and uh, he told me that, are you gonna, gonna draw me as a shaitan? <laughs> Because I was angry as a devil, him. basically. Yeah, as a devil. <laughs> so it really depends on my emotions and mm -hmm. how much do I feel about the situation or at a moment, mm -hmm. a specific moment. Yeah, mm. that's amazing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, what is um, your advice for people who choose this career path to be an artist and they receive backlash from their community? Okay, I just want to say for people who feel feel so and get so much so much criticism uh, and people criticize them and yeah. don't listen to them, don't follow their mm -hmm. desires, just follow your dreams. You you don't have to follow their dreams. You know, mm -hmm. you you must have uh, you must believe in yourself, and you must go creative for for uh, for uh, your career and your your major. You, how that the you measure success. People usually measure measure success by how much uh, your salary is or by your job title, and mm -hmm. that's uh, mm -hmm. something different. It's how much you have an impact. Uh, your job has an impact on your mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just. Uh, um, give an advice for people to just follow their dreams and as long as they're 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 working hard where uh, hard work won't pay off of course for example uh, why would someone an ex person would be so successful by the time you have the same opportunities why won't you be successful the same as he won't he will be you know mm -hmm. so um, yeah you must believe in yourself uh, right. in order to be successful and you must work hard for that it won't it, it will take time of course mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy at all. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much um, for that, for introducing yourself, uh, Zainab. Um, so now we're going to move on to um, Sahara Mehdi, um, and we will bring you back into a panel at the end. So again, Sahara is a second year journalism student at Ryerson University, and you can see on the ticker there that you can follow her writing and videos at, at Miss Brainy Writes mm -hmm. on Instagram. Assalamualaikum. So can you start by just introducing yourself um, and how you got into journalism? Yeah, so like you said, I'm in my second year um, of journalism school at Ryerson. Mm -hmm. um, I started writing when I was really young and I started writing uh, poetry when I was around 15. Um, so that was kind of my introduction when I really fell in love with writing. Uh, and then as I got a little bit older, I was trying to figure out how I could turn that into a career. Um, right. And I ended up doing an internship with a journalist who was a friend of my mom's and I really love journalism. Mm -hmm. um, and so I applied to Ryerson and that's why I got here. That's amazing. You got that internship opportunity, you know, before you even got to school. Um, you know, a lot of advice out here on the show is to go and shadow people who are in the fields that you love. So um, you're the biggest example of that. Um, so why study journalism specifically? What drew you to the field? Yeah, so like I said, that that internship was really my first introduction, but um, the journalist I worked with, Heather, she is a travel journalist. Mm -hmm. um, so she kind of just introduced me into that kind of writing, but I've always been very passionate about 
um, human rights and just like social activism. So um, I thought going into journalism would be a good way to channel my writing into something good to advocate for people who couldn't advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, can you actually go into more about your poetry also? Um, and also we've been telling people about your Instagram page. So if you want to maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, I started writing poetry, like I said, when I was 15. Um, I originally started writing spoken word um, because my, my best friend Fizza kind of showed me some spoken word poems and I immediately thought it was the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I've always been really passionate about human rights issues. So my first couple of poems were about things like the gender wage gap in Canada or about um, racism. So right. I thought of it as a way for me to, um, I guess, entertain, but also inform people about important issues. And I've kind mm -hmm. of kept that up. Um, a lot of times, some of the poems I write now are just about what I'm feeling, but I guess the aim of my account and my writing in general is so that people can read it and relate to it mm -hmm. um, and kind of articulate things that people may not know how to articulate themselves. Yeah. Um, how do you leverage the power of words to, you know, make a change or to give more awareness on different human rights issues? Yeah. Um, I think the power of words is that storytelling can really shape the narratives and the beliefs that society has as a whole. Um, if you hear something or read something a million times, you're going to believe it. So I think when it comes to things like racism or feminism, um, I'm hoping to kind of change the way people think a little bit and give them a different perspective by writing about it. Um, but I think the beauty of poetry is that it's not just um, a list of statistics or a fact sheet. It's it's a form of entertainment. So you can really, um, especially with spoken word, you can make people laugh or make people feel and empathize, but also inform them about important things that are happening. Um, so you can do both. So um, one related question, because this isn't the arts panel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think that writing is considered an art? Yeah, I definitely think writing is an art, but um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of things can be considered an art. Like I think right. that you could consider uh, numbers an art because I don't understand them at all. So <laughs> I, really think I think an art is anything where you use your God-given talents and do something with them. Mm -hmm. um, so whether you have a knack for, I don't know, carpentry or you have a knack for writing, I think both of those can be considered art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the craft, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking back to my experiences from journalism school, I'm wondering if you experience are experiencing the same thing. What advice you have for students who are going through this? Um, usually our professors are more of the white um, <laughs> person, right? Who is giving you how to tell stories, especially growing up in the West, living within this Western society. We're raised um, with this media within us from the beginning, right? Um, everything is, I think everything shapes the our views of the world and the way that we tell stories. Um, so how do we bring ourselves to the forefront, get away from that, you know, um, this is biased because it relates to you, right? Um, even though the bias, bias is measured through that lens of the white person. Um, so how do we take a step back um, and make that conscious decision to write in a way or cover stories in a way that uh, really helps our communities, um, but also keeps everything that we believe in at the forefront, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think one of the misconceptions about journalism is that um, 
I guess that you a reporting objectively means you can't report on things that you care about, which I think mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. wrong because I think the best reporting comes from when you care about what you're writing about or doing a show about. Um, and I think you're right when in schools, I mean, our school has a lot of white professors. Um, but I think that if you realize the power that the stories of our community have, because especially because they aren't being told, yeah. one of the best things that newsrooms want right now are new stories. And so the fact that our communities are being covered way less than the typical um, stories we see from white reporters, I think mm -hmm. that's an advantage. And I think at the same time, you kind of need to surround yourself with people who validate your identity and your history. Um, mm -hmm. I know like in our school right now, um, we've definitely, a bunch of racialized students have uh, banded together to kind of call out the racism that's been in our school in the past. Mm -hmm. um, now our faculty and our admin have set out five goals for the, our for the next year to try and work to fix a bunch of the racism in our school so i think coming together is a really good way to kind of uh to make change and also to find people that reflect you that you can look up to um like i know i was saying that um shinas kamali is one of the few journalists in our community um, and I was really lucky to have her as an instructor at Ryerson within my first semester. Mm -hmm. So she was obviously, because she's from our community, she was really open to stories and understood where I was coming from. Um, so I think that was a really, I was really lucky in that way and really blessed to have that as a starting point because it gives me the confidence to now approach some of my white professors who won't get it and say, he, this is why this story is important and why you yeah. should be telling mm. And I was going to ask that. So... How do you approach, because I've experienced that, you know, coming with a story, um, I think I pitched a story that was just talking about the experience of being half here, half there. And right when I say that, we can all relate to it, um, but even without the context, right? Um, but bringing it to a white professor, they sort of looked at me and were like, mm, how, is this really a story? So how do you take the steps to really pitch your story and get it to go through um, by showing them what's the importance of it? Yeah, I think. It, it sometimes can require um, an extra, some extra legwork, especially at the beginning, um, because you kind of have to prove yourself in that way. Um, if I was to go outside and report on a car accident or a money, like a, some sort of government issue, um, they would be like, yeah, that's, that applies to everyone. But you kind of have to um, explain what, what the importance of that perspective is. So I think you have to kind of look inward and figure out why is the story so important to me? And then try to explain that as best as you can to whoever you're trying to pitch. Mm -hmm. That's amazing advice. So um, I guess on a related note, when you decided that you were going to like pursue journalism, did you feel any pushback from the community? Um, and even if not, what advice might you have for students who are experiencing that pushback? Maybe people tell them that, Oh, you know, um, are you sure not about a money this? making this is, career? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or not a money or like a risky career or not mm -hmm. your place or things like that. What would you say to that? Yeah, I'm really blessed that I have very supportive parents and like my immediate family is very supportive. And so is my extended family. But I think at first they just didn't get it. Like I'm one of the first journalism students in our family. Like a lot of my family are kind of the pharmacy route or the doctor route or the accountant route. So it was definitely something different. Um, but I think that like uh, Zainab was saying before, you kind of have to let that go if you're trying to pursue what you want to do. Like for me, journalism was what I wanted to do, but also I'm not good at science or math. So for me, it was like, it doesn't make sense for me to do something that I don't like and that I'm, I'm, I don't have the skills to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think 
part of it is also kind of finding those people that do believe in you um, and relying on them, whether that be your immediate family or your friends or people that are doing the same thing as you are, because um, I think that support is really important, but you also have to trust yourself and trust that you know what you're capable of. Sahara, what is your final piece of advice for our listeners, um, you know, for someone who does want to get into journalism or if so, for someone who is trying to raise more awareness on different human rights issues? Yeah, I think um, to, one, um, observe what's going on. That helps a lot of writing, no matter what kind of writing it is, to kind of just sit and pay attention um, and note things down that you're passionate about. Um, but also, if you're looking into writing specifically, I think you definitely should write when you want to, not because you have an assignment due or because you're trying to put together a portfolio, because the best writing comes from when you're really passionate about what you're doing. So start a journal, write it down in your notes app, in your phone, um, anything you want, but just keep it going and uh, make it a habit and it'll become your biggest asset. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, um, Sahara, uh, for introducing us to you. And um, so next, we're going to move on to the segment where both of you are going to be together. So Sahara and Zainab. Um, and it's really more of like a free flowing discussion. Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to pose one question at the beginning just to get it started. So let's bring in Zainab again. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Zainab. Okay, so our first question um, for the both of you is, um, you know, what is there power in standing out as an individual in a collectivist society? So how do you reconcile the need to fit in um, and the need to fulfill, you know, that duty and role within society, um, you know, as that person who is trying to pull themselves out of this? Yeah, I don't, I can go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think that we often like, and especially in our communities, we think of being the odd one out as a bad thing. But I think um, mm. when it comes to the arts, it can often be uh, like an asset to the community. Because if you have someone like Zainab doing painting, um, that's a representative of our community. If you have a journalist in your community, there's someone talking about the issues that go on in our community. I think we need to stop looking at it as a bad thing to be someone different and start looking at it as a good thing. Because I think you can... Um, bring a lot of different perspectives and uh, represent the community in a different way. Mm -hmm. People yeah. will criticize you whether you're making arts or whether you're majored in other uh, in others, uh, fields such as biology or, or mm -hmm. even if you're a doctor employer, they're, they're going to criticize you anyway. So uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a new perspective. Like that, they're gonna criticize you anyway. So no matter what, yeah, I might as well do something. <laughs> I'm not gonna that, give up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a lot harder to defend what you're doing if you don't even like it. So yeah, you know, I overcome that. The, these criticisms that people give me, <laughs> I'm used to them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um, let's set this up so that you can you start um, maybe reflecting with each other. What mm -hmm. is like one thing about the other story that you noticed and found a similarity with your own? I think I really resonated when Zainab was talking about how her paintings often come from how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that's very similar to writing. Um, sometimes, especially like I took a creative writing course last uh, last semester and I would have an assignment due, but sometimes if the words don't feel like them and they're not going to come. <laughs> um, and I think that's part of writing is that 
like I said before, it's about passion and writing down what you're passionate about. And I think that much like painting, it comes from your feelings. Yeah. It just said everything mm -hmm. I want to say. <laughs> it left me nothing. <laughs> um, you know, something that I'm thinking about is um, there's this, I think, debate between the need to make a living and then pursuing that career that you love. So can you turn that career that you love into a career that makes you a living? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it depends on your willingness, on how much you want to be successful in your career and in your major. Mm -hmm. you know, so um, you, must, you must be creative and you must work hard in order to, uh, to be successful and to make this career as a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you, if you have the talent and you have the passion, you just need the drive. And like Tina was saying, if you work hard in any career in the arts, you can be successful. Everyone will be successful if he work hard. Uh, of course, if you work hard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, maybe we could turn to um, a practical note. Uh, what is one piece of advice, for example, one course or activity that you would give to high schoolers to get involved in if they're interested in you know, your fields, either journalism or painting? Um, go to exhibitions. Um, uh, you, you must be more educated about art. Go go search for for art projects, for, mm -hmm. for um, you know, for what do, what do they call them? Um, um, I had the word on my... <laughs> like uh, um, galleries? No, not, not, not just oh. galleries. They're... Activities, yeah, yeah, and art activities. Mm -hmm. You must find them. You must search for them, and you mm -hmm. must think in order to, uh, to yeah. And then if you taught yourself, I think, how to paint and draw when you were younger, right? Um, you didn't have any courses aiding you. Yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to um, to go into schools, private schools of art and painting, because uh, you know the economic situations in Lebanon. So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't have opportunity and schools weren't that much uh, valuing arts. Mm -hmm. So I, I had to, to practice myself. Mm -hmm. Which is very inspiring and relatable, I think. Um, and then Sahara as well. Um, is there anything that, any advice that you have for high schoolers? Um, things that they can do to, you know, improve their writing, improve their maybe skills within journalism? Yeah, definitely read a lot. Figure mm -hmm. out what you like to read and it's much easier to figure out your own writing style based on what you read whether that's like reading different news uh, news agencies or reading books um any sort of thing where you're learning more about how other people write helps you find how you can write. Mm -hmm. sure okay um so this is uh, um I guess a question more about your process uh, mm -hmm. for both of you. How do you refine your piece of work? Because I know we were saying you can't exactly go in and revise a painting, but um... <laughs> yeah, we can in painting. Actually, we oh, can't really? do okay. anything. So, so tell me, like, how She's opening up the possibilities. <laughs> how does it work? So actually, I just take a break and I, I in order to um, organize my thoughts, and then uh -huh. I. After a period of time, to to just see what's wrong and what's right, what what I'm gonna add and uh, okay. yeah. So I can paint over the painting, you know. I can <laughs> put it all out. <laughs> Once it's dry, you can change it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think with writing, it's similar. A lot of times you kind of need to walk away. Mm-hmm. But the, the beauty of writing is that if, like, there's like, lots of times where I write something and I decide I hate it, but there's one line that I want to keep, I kind of take that out and save it for something else. Um, but mm-hmm. also, I think um, me and Dana will both agree about this, that you never you never really feel that something is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you never walk away from it being like, yeah, this one's good. You kind of are always like, wait, what if I fix this or this? <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of, at some point, you kind of just have to let it go let it out to the world i think you have there's a point where you have to and you end up damaging all the work <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> are there times where you guys feel like you're blocked and your creativity is not there anymore um and how do you stay motivated um yeah i had that these times of course um i think that we we lack a friend the friendly environment and the supportive peers uh that's why um we must have them in order to to be always uh, to always be motivated, you know. So um, I usually challenge myself to keep myself motivated, and I challenge myself to to do something and to uh, to work it out. So that's how I uh, I keep myself motivated, and I, I also mm-hmm. at artworks uh, for different um, successful painters. Mm-hmm. So you look to them for inspiration, right? Yeah, I think pressure is kind of the enemy when it comes to making any sort of art. If you kind of Mm -hmm. give yourself that, oh, I need to write something really good by the end of this week, it's probably not going to happen. But I think turning to other art can often be inspiration, whether it be watching movies or uh, looking at different writing, um, can often help you get inspired. And in terms of like motivation, um, I think if you have something to say, it's really easy to be motivated to write a piece about it. but for me, what also works is sometimes I'll just have to like block out a chunk of time and just say like, you're going to just write or you're just going to edit pieces that you've already written. Um, and then that helps when you kind of give yourself like, okay, just for 30 minutes, I'm going to do this and then I'll leave the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like um, I learned a lot about yeah. <laughs> art, painting, journalism, writing, how to pursue it in this show. So I think it was amazing. Um, so thank you both of you, um, Zaina and Sahara, for coming on. Um, and we hope also that um, if you have any questions, the audience uh, for our speakers, you will ask them in the uh, Inspire platform on the Umoja app. Um, and thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you, you too. We're honored to be with you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. It was a lovely talk. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you to everyone for joining and tuning into the Mentor Talk Show. You make sure to tune in to next week's show on Saturday at 3 p.m. for the next episode of Community Voice, uh, which will be hosted by Imran and Rida. Um, and remember, you can always catch our previous episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and op- Apple Podcasts. Emoji Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.